mighty fancy automobile. Oh, she's a real road king, all right. Zero to 60 in 7.5. She'll do a quarter mile, 13.40. 390 horsepower, 500 foot-pounds of torque. Whatever that is, performance and image, that's what it's all about. There's no such thing as a stupid question. This is Drive Radio. All of your automotive questions are just one phone call away. 303-477-5600. Drive Radio is made possible by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. To find one near you, go to drive-radio.com. Now, Drive Radio on KLZ 560. All right, and we're back. Myself, Jeff Corwin, JC's British and 4x4 who's got a new location uh, that will be added to the current location. We're not shutting anything down. We're just going to move the the production side, if you would, of what we do on fixing of Land Rovers and four-wheel drives and so on. We're going to move that from the Hamden location to the new Santa Fe location. Yep. If a little bit further south. ever finishes. We'll get there. <laughs> We're gaining. We're going to be there before long. We uh, do that, guys. We'll let you know. We'll have a, a nice open house and do some things yep. to celebrate. Probably come springtime, we'll be ready Building's for all of that. Building's looking good, though. We it got looks the new, new window signage just went up. Awesome. It looks good driving the, by. The whole thing looks fabulous. And if you're in that area and you need anything when it comes to your four-wheel drive, it doesn't have to be just a Land Rover, by the way, or a Range Rover. It can be any four-wheel drive, anything you need as far as an accessory, suspension, wheels, tires, exhaust, performance goodies, you name it. Jeff can get all of it. And again, it's not limited to just that British, you know, mm-hmm. off-road end of things called Land Rover. He can get anything you've got going on for, you know, Jeeps to some of the high-end Mercedes stuff yep. that, that I noticed there's guys even doing lift kits on G-Wagons now. I mean, Jeff can do pretty much anything you need done when it comes to a four-wheel drive. Yep. You name it, he can do it. Yep. We just need more space. Just need, and, and it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> we've been we've been hiring and expanding our staff to get ready for it. So we're all crammed in pretty tight, but uh, we're here to help. Yep. We're uh, and again, folks. It doesn't just don't think it just has to be a rover. It can be anything. So Mike and Greeley, you're next. What's going on, sir? Oh hi hi John. Thanks for thanks for your program. Thank I, you, Mike. I'm always amazed at how much you guys know. But uh, yes, yesterday the uh, remote key fob. I don't know if that's what you call it. The remote Yes. Device that you open. Yep. And I have a 2019 Honda Ridgeline, and uh, it it won't. Uh, I can't lock it anymore. If if I manually lock it, then the key fob will open it, but uh, it it won't uh, it won't lock it from the key fob anymore. And I was wondering. And I replaced the batteries last night, and I was listening to your program. I was just wondering whether uh, you've had any experience with key fobs or the that. Things, the things that can go wrong? Oh, sure, plenty. Um, and in this case, it's probably <laughs> the micro switch on just the lock button. Now, do you have your a second key fob for that car that you can verify that the the lock signal is getting through to the... I mean, it should. I mean, it's just a like an RF-style signal between the remote and the vehicle itself, but I would assume that it was just the one key fob, but I always like to double-check yeah, and see point. if you have the second. I, I did. I, I, I got the other key fob and tested and it has the same issue. Huh. So it'll lock, but oh, I'm sorry, it'll unlock, but not lock with the key fob. Right, right. And there's a little button by the handle. If I press it, uh, it won't lock. I used to use always okay. use that to get locked, okay. but that doesn't work either. Then you've got most likely something internal, body control module, something along those lines where it's not, it's either receiving the signal and doesn't know what to do with it, 
or it's not receiving it. Most likely it's receiving it, not knowing what to do with it. I'd have to, I assume you've got no check engine lights or anything like that on, right? Right, right. I might have, and I mean, I'd, I'd have to, I'm just thinking through what signals, what things would stop the car from allowing the key fob to lock the car. Um, and I believe one of them is if the vehicle thinks the key's still in the ignition. Good point. So, and I don't know about that particular car. No, most Some of them have that little flapper door that. yes. that'll actually sense the um, key in the ignition. So that might be uh, something to kind of look at. Um, I don't know what other signals. No, they you use. might be onto something there because if it thinks the key. So if it thinks the key's in the ignition or there's another fob in the car itself, you cannot lock it remotely. Correct. Okay, okay. There's no other fob in the car. Okay. Uh, but, so uh, for, some, for some reason, Mike, it thinks there is or it thinks there's still a key. Now, is that a push-button start or does it actually use a key? It's a push-button start. Okay. So it, it, for some reason, it thinks a key's still in it. I, I'm guessing. I think Jeff's onto something there. It, it, it thinks oh. the key's still in it some way, somehow. Uh, it could be just through software or something along those lines. But I'm guessing that's your issue. If it will unlock but not lock, that's the Because right. I'm assuming you can lock it, take the key fob, and unlock it. Right. Yep. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Then yeah. it's not a fob issue. You've got something where the car thinks the key's still in it. Okay, so I need to, uh, I guess, take that, take it back to the dealer. It's, it's I don't probably still guys... under warranty, is it not, on a 2019, I'm assuming? It is, yeah. Yeah, it's under, isn't it warrantied for like three years and 36,000? Usually, yes. Again, that one being under warranty, I would just take it back yep. in, describe yep. to him what the problem is, and that should be covered. Heck, they might okay. even have a TSB out there for yeah, that exact problem. Yeah, it could be problem. something they're used to. I don't. I just looked. I don't see anything that comes up right away, but that's new enough that you know it, there may not be a lot of record of that at this point okay okay but well, again, thank, you know, the other reason you why i'm guessing that jeff's right is if your outside button even on the car won't lock it it still thinks right. the keys are in it right yep oh okay okay so it's, it's something in the uh like a, a, a chip or something you think or hard to say beyond what we're, we've talked about already i mean definitely down to guys that know that particular model of car um Okay. But luckily, the warranty's there, and you did the right steps. You know, replace the battery, check the other fob. Yeah, you did everything, everything that yep. you can do on your end, you know, that, that makes sense. So perfect. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you so much. No, you're on the right track. I, no, Mike, thank you very much. No, you've done all the things necessary, like Jeff just said. Take that into the dealer. Find out what's going on. Um, and, and call us back, by the way, with what they find out, and let's figure out whether or not Jeff ends up being right. But I would almost bet you 100 bucks. He's on the right track. Uh, Kevin, in Colorado Springs, you're next. we got lines open, by the way, 303-477-5600. But, Kevin, you're next. Hi, John. I was. I have two two questions, if I could squeeze them in. Sure, the go first ahead. one was intriguing. It's about your insurance for the rental. If uh, I haven't rented cars in years, so maybe they've changed their contracts. But what is their uh, – where does the liability stop when you turn the vehicle in? The minute you turn it in. Right. I was thinking if you turn the car in and, you know, you've picked it up and it looks okay and you turn it in and then there's, you know, you go out there, you say, walk out to the car and let's look it over and you give me a release saying the car was inspected and it's in good shape. Then they can't come back a week later and say, hey, there's Right. Well, like I, I, I think that's where Joe's coming from on this. You know, technically, if you had to suing the 
rental car company for this because your insurance company won't because they're not going to pick up the tab. To your point, you know, there's time that has lapsed after you've given them the keys. They've now had it for a few days. They then find damage. Yeah, I, I think there's a, and Joe's right, there's a very easily won court case here. The issue is going through all of that. That's a pain mm-hmm. in the rear. Sure. Yeah, and I, I have to agree with him. I, if you brought in a couple of elderly people, and, you know, and I'm in my 60s, and you said you showed them to the uh, in the court and said yep. these are the people that were accused of off-roading the vehicle and tearing it up. Right. I would say no. I think I believe the the elderly couple and yep. not the insurance or the not yep. the, I mean the rental company. Yep. Sounds like a scam to me. Like yeah. Sounds like elder abuse, right? Well, you know, the other thing that you don't know, Kevin, in a situation like that, to your point is, you know, rental car companies are not immune from one of the employees driving the car off the lot, going for a joyride and coming back as well. They do test drives and things as well. So who knows who created the damage? Not saying it even happened with the renters prior to that individual. It could have been from somebody that worked at the rental car company. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that either. Oh, Yeah, I I know that for a fact because rental cars – you know, for most people out there listening, rental car companies typically don't change their own oil and do their own servicing. There are companies like Jeff that they contract with that will do their brakes, it'll do their oil changes, it'll do their transmission flushes, because they're maintaining those vehicles and servicing them. Because if they don't, just a little secret for everybody listening, we'll get into this for just one second. If a rental car company doesn't maintain the vehicle properly, when they go to turn the vehicle back into the manufacturer, because for everybody listening, all for the most part, rental cars are quote unquote leased from the manufacturer for a specified amount of time with an agreed buyback from said manufacturer where they take the car back from Avis or Hertz or whoever it happens to be. They then put that back into their network and sell it, send it to auction, do whatever, and away it goes. The cars that don't meet those specifications and have not been maintained correctly, they've been wrecked, something along those lines, those cars have to be then kept by the rental car company. They then have to sell them themselves it is why the number one reason you do not ever buy a car from a rental car company because they are cars that were not approved to be bought back by the by the manufacturer, which means there was a problem. <laughs> that is some awesome info. That's why you never buy one from a rental car company. Yeah. Makes sense? Probably the best. Uh, so my, yeah, my point is, Kevin, those cars are driven from the rental car lot to whoever the provider is doing this this work like I just explained a moment ago. Who knows what happened from that time to where it got to the shop? Yep. So, again, all, all right. the more reason why you've got to keep your ducks in a row, folks. You have, you have time for a, a Jeep Grand Wagoneer You know what? Let's question. do this, Kevin. I'm going to put you on hold for just a minute. We're up against the break. We can give you plenty of time yep. that way. I'm going to put you back on hold. I'll take you right after the break. We'll, t- we'll take that question as well. Guys, hang tight. Lines are full. We'll be right back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. At Napa Auto Parts, we've been the most trusted name in auto parts for over 80 years. Probably because we've never stopped looking for ways to make the great parts we sell even better. It's a commitment to quality you'll find in every one of our 310,000 parts. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to the patented damping mechanism on our drive-align belt tensioners to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes. And Napa parts are covered by a warranty that's good at any of our 6,000 Napa auto parts stores nationwide. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store. But at Napa, we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. 
To find the Napa Auto Parts store nearest you, go to NapaOnline.com. Napa, get the good stuff. With over 125 locations in Colorado, southern Wyoming, and western Nebraska, there's only one place to get the good stuff. Napa Auto Parts. The rebate program with American National Insurance saves everyone money by incentivizing responsible money management. Depending on the cost, customers of Paul Leuenberger will sometimes choose to pay out of pocket rather than making a claim because they'd rather receive the sizable rebate at the end of three years than pay their deductible now. As a result, American National Insurance tends to pay out fewer claims each year compared to the competition, which is in part what gives them an A credit rating. American National Insurance then passes along that benefit to their customers by keeping their rates as good or better than their competition. With other insurance companies, you'd need to purchase extra rider policies at additional cost in order to receive comparable coverage. But American National Insurance rewards personal responsibility. Call Paul Lewinberger now for more comprehensive home insurance coverage at remarkably reasonable rates. 303-662-0789. 303-662-0789. If your engine doesn't leak oil, but you have to add to it between oil changes, where does the oil go? The problem occurs when piston rings clog with carbon and then allow oil to blow by the pistons and burn in combustion chambers. The best service shops use a BG product that cleans the engine in just 15 minutes. Find a shop with BG products at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. It will protect your engine and your pocketbook. Find a shop now. Go to bgfindashop.com. All right, we're back, Kevin. Thanks for holding on over that break. We appreciate it very much. What question have you got next, sir? Oh, thanks for keeping me on. I've got an 86 Jeep Grand Wagoneer, and the fuel gauge is uh, not working right. Okay. And I've replaced the sending unit with a brand-new unit from Team Grand Wagoneer. Okay. Uh, it's still it's sometimes erratic doesn't uh sometimes it reads nothing okay and sometimes it gets up to like two-thirds of a tank most likely and those had those were prone for this most likely it's a gauge issue and i got to go back in my memory bank and remember on a grind wagoneer how they did that because on the cjs there was a resistor from the temp side uh you know the temperature gauge back over to the fuel gauge to make the fuel gauge work properly i can't remember if they did the same thing on grand wagoneers or not i'd have to look that one up but those were more prone to have a gauge issue than a sending unit issue kevin yeah i remember from past programs you've talked about you've worked on jeeps uh, quite oh. a few years so uh, i thought grew up on them yeah literally worked on them for a yeah. long time well here's something i'm I think this is bad, too, because when I measure, you know, when I opened up the, the trunk there and you have the wire yeah. going there with the power, instead of, like, 5 volts, it measures around 8.9. Uh, yeah, okay, so that, go, that goes here. back to my my comment a moment ago, which now you're verifying what I, what I had thought. That has a resistor built into the dash pod, and on a Grand Wagoneer, I just can't remember which which where they're feeding that from. But most likely that resistor is is bad, and it probably isn't even the fuel gauge itself that's bad. It's probably the resistor feeding the gauge that has the problem. And and again, I'm trying to do this from memory, but I haven't worked on a Grand Wagoneer in 
Yeah. Well, I, I, I would remember. I, I would agree with this statement as whole because I, I mean I remember similar things. I've worked on a fair number of vehicles that had basically a, a voltage drop module That's resistor right. type scenario in the dash, That's and right. definitely for for fuel gauge, definitely because they want they don't want to feed a full twelve volts back to a, a, a you know something that could potentially arc in a, in a fuel tank. So, um, so yeah, I would lean towards that as well. And, and again, I, I, from my memory, I'd have to go back and look. I believe it's on the back of the dash pod itself. And I'm trying to do this again from memory, but I'm pretty sure it's on the back of the dash pod. In some cases, it was an actual resistor that you could see the jumper from, you know, one pole to the other on the back of that. So if you pull the dash pod out and look, you should be able to see that, Kevin. Yeah. Is, is that a hard job removing no. the instrument cluster? No, that one's pretty easy, actually. Okay. All right. So that is that that thing they sometimes call a an instrument cluster voltage regulator. You got yes, it. It exactly it what down. it is. Okay. Yep. Do you happen to know if they're still available? Oh, if not, you could make one because we're just taking it from twelve volts down yeah. to the five. Yeah. And you think it's just a resistor? That's okay. all it is. Not one of those. There's but nothing some fancy of them, they about used it. They have contacts, right? Yeah, there was no, yeah. Back some, in the day, there was nothing fancy about it. In fact, most of them back then were just a little resistor, even sometimes just a copper, big wide piece of copper that went from one terminal to the other to feed the fuel gauge. And through that copper, it was enough resistance. You know, they had a resistor built hmm. into the copper strap, I should say, that went from one to the yeah. other. Now, on some of the Jeeps, they built that into the temp gauge. The, I know it's weird, but Jeeps used to do it to where the temp gauge had the resistor built into the temp gauge. You then jump from the temp gauge over on the back of the instrument cluster to the fuel gauge. So it was the temp gauge that actually would go bad, not making the fuel gauge work right. And I can't tell you how many of those I fixed over the years from another shop putting fuel gauges and sending units and everything else in it when, in fact, it was the temp gauge that was the problem. Okay. Because nobody yeah, knew that's I'm where more, the resistor was. You know, but I would, yeah, I, and I as far as availability... I would say that it probably is out there. There is such a following oh, yes. for the old Grand Wagoneers that there is either still new, you know, new versions, new aftermarket versions of that part. I, I doubt there's new genuine available still, but probably not. But I mean, th there's such a following for that vehicle that someone's going to have that repair part for, available for you. And I and I do have still. You know, information, even even some manuals and so on on that, Kevin, that I, I could look up. And if you emailed me, I could email you back, you know, where that's at. But I, I'm I'm almost positive on that one. It's it's in the, you know, it's in the dash unit itself. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Well, and, and most likely so that's the issue because everything you're describing is exactly the way they acted back in the day even. Okay. Well, appreciate it. Okay. Does that help? Thanks very much, John. No, you're thank very you. welcome, yeah. Kevin. No, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And. Uh, yeah, I'm, honestly, I can't tell you how many of those, uh, especially Jeep CJs, back in the day they'd come in, fuel gauge wouldn't be working, and they'd say, well, hey, I've been to a, you know shop A, B, or C, and I've had a sending unit put in, and I've had this put in and that put in, and still doesn't work right. And I'd say, yeah, because it, it needs a temp gauge. Yep. And the, they'd say, well, the temp gauge works fine. Yeah, I know. And they did, actually. Yeah, but there was a resistor in it that was It's just the reality bad. of, that, of understanding right. electrical diagnosis. That's right. And there's not a lot of technicians. And those were weird because not every vehicle works that <laughs> yep. way, by the way. We are talking Jeep specifically there. So, yep. Alan in Arvada, what's going on, sir? Hey, John. So I finally decided to swallow my pride and buy a Ridgeline in spite of all my friends telling huh. me no. No, they're good. I mean, anyway, I've, got a, I've got a client of mine that owns one that loves it. I mean, if, it, if you're using it for the right application, there's, there's nothing wrong with them. They're a great vehicle. 
Honda Pilot. It's well, a great we'll find car. Out when it finally shows. Up. Yeah, it's a great yeah, car. Well, I had a Pilot. Yeah. When it finally so when it finally shows up, I'll know that. But anyways, so when they're trying to sell it to me, they're trying to sell me those extended warranties and the big and i'm not a big on the extended warranties but one of the things they tried to push was saying that uh if you have to have the windshield replaced on one of those things um they got that sensors or whatever behind it in the rearview mirror uh-huh. they were saying that those don't get covered so that's the reason you should get the extended warranties because if you need a new windshield in your car your insurance is not going to cover that adjusting that whatever it is in no, the rear that's, view mirror. Does no, that that's wrong. They're, they're incorrect in that. If you've got glass coverage on, and this is a great question for Novus Auto Glass, but I've had them on enough to know I can answer this. If you have glass coverage on that vehicle and you need to have the, re, the we call it now a recalibration of the whatever system you have, it could be lane keep assist, it could be lane uh, departure warning, could be blind spot monitoring. There's all sorts of things that come into play here. And, and the reality is, if right. you in, in a lot of late model vehicles will need a calibration after the windshield is installed. Every Rover made now pretty much has to have a calibration mm-hmm. done after you do a windshield. So, no, that is a part of your glass coverage. Now, where this gets a little tricky, and this depends, and this is, again, I'll have Paul on next week, my insurance agent, and we'll talk specifically about this. Depending upon your your company and what they allow, Given what I just said, some insurance companies will only allow you X replacements in a specific amount of time because of everything we're talking about. So in other words, in an 18-month period, they may only allow you one windshield replacement because of the extra cost. Because some of the calibrations can be five or 600 bucks all by themselves, plus the cost of the windshield. But the dealership is wrong. Your insurance company, if you have glass coverage, will cover that. Uh, that's that's well, kind of what I expect. Uh, I can't I was see an extended warranty company being even remotely related in a calibration. They're not. That, they're not. And yeah. that, again, they're, they're li- yeah. I hate to say this, but they're lying to you. The other thing, too, for everybody listening, this is very, very important, and I want to make sure we cover this since this came up. When we say extended warranty, it's sort of become this catch-all like Kleenex. Extended warranties... If it's an actual, true, extended warranty of the original manufacturer's warranty, it can only be sold by the actual manufacturer, that being, in this case, Honda Motor Company, which I can tell you right now, Honda Motor Company is not not selling you an extended warranty that's covering glass replacement or the calibration thereof. But there are some extended service contracts, which is typically what most dealerships will sell. And the reason they sell those over the extended warranty offered by the OEM manufacturer is because they make more profit dollars selling you the the service contract versus the extended warranty. So anybody out there listening, please, when you're buying a new car and they're offering you these things, first of all, don't buy any of them because you don't need them. Second of all, ask, is this an actual warranty or is this an extended service contract? Because there's a big difference between one and the other. I guarantee you, Alan, in this case, they're trying to sell you an extended service contract, not a warranty. Okay. Okay. I will check that for sure. But uh, yeah, like I said, I'm not, wasn't inclined to get it, but I just wanted to know if I needed to throw the BS flag at this guy for telling me. It's a BS flag for sure, because he's trying to sell you something. I mean, I'm not saying you don't need an extended warranty from the manufacturer, because that's an individual choice that each person has to make on their own, given that type of vehicle. But I will tell you, in your world, I don't think that's a necessity. You could take the money that you would be additionally paying to buy that service contract, put that money away, and you'll have it at the end of that three to five year you know, time period of whatever that contract is. You'll have that money in the bank. If you do proper maintenance, which, by the way, is required by all of these extended warranties slash service contracts anyways. So the reality is you've got to do that no matter what. If you do that, you'll have money sitting there at the end anyways. Makes sense. Thanks, Joe. That makes sense? 
It does. Absolutely. Okay. Alan, well, no, appreciate that very much. Thank you. Yeah, don't let anybody out there at a new car dealership tell you that by buying the extended service contract or the extended warranty, it's going to do those calibrations on the windshield yeah. because they're not. But that is definitely a good point to talk about with your insurance rep that we're you're Make sure. coming in next week. That's right. Is checking with your insurance companies when you have your glass coverage, what are they actually covering? That's right. Now, in my case, because in, we'll talk about this with Paul next week, I cover my own. I don't have glass coverage. Why? Because I want to save money. I don't want to claim. I want to have the cheapest, you know, the cheapest policy cost, not cheapest coverage. But I'm going to cover only catastrophic things through them. I'm going to cover all the other stuff myself because I can save the most money doing so. So I don't have glass coverage anyways, and I'll take my chances on mm-hmm. all of the rest of this. Bill and Lakewood, you're next. Hey, I didn't hear the whole thing on the key fob, but, you know, something happened to my wife's with the key fob. You know, she had the stuff with the push button start on, uh-huh. you know, 2021, and some kind of setting got switched. Oh. And then I think one time the guy might check his battery. On the He replaced the battery on the fob already. I, did, I didn't hear that part. Yeah, he already did that. I just, I just got jabbed in both arms right now. Ah, well, hope you're okay. <laughs> well, I got the flu and the Medina. Oh, Oh, and you're in bad shape, Bill. You going to be all right? I hope so. Well, me too. Okay. All right, man. Take care, man. Go get some rest. A jab in each arm, that's not fun. Uh, David and Loveland, hang tight. We'll come right back and talk to you as well. Got lines open, 303-477-5600. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Home values are rising 8 10 and 13% in some areas. Trying to buy it but keep missing? Take AIM to show you how to make sure you're at the top of the list. Don't think you have the money to cover appraisal gaps? Let us show you options. Take AIM, 720-895-0500. Locally owned and operated since 2001. We know how to help. Rates will continue to stay low. Values will continue to increase. Take AIM, 720-895-0500. Many have refinanced out of their 30-year mortgage and now have rates in the twos. Lower payment, shorter term, and they're saving thousands. Are you paying more than 3% on your debt? Convert those to a lower rate and keep more of your money. 720-895-0500. Self-employed and been told you don't qualify? Nonsense. There are many options. Talk to us and see why we've been helping those self-employed for years. Our customer service is unmatched in Colorado. Take AIM, 720-895-0500, where it's all about you. NMLS 298-191. At Napa Auto Parts, we've been the most trusted name in auto parts for over 80 years. Probably because we've never stopped looking for ways to make the great parts we sell even better. It's a commitment to quality you'll find in every one of our 310,000 parts. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters, to the patented damping mechanism on our driveline belt tensioners, to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes. And Napa parts are covered by a warranty that's good at any of our 6,000 Napa auto parts stores nationwide. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store. But at Napa, we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. To find the Napa auto parts store nearest you, go to NapaOnline.com. Napa, get the good stuff. With over 125 locations in Colorado, southern Wyoming, and western Nebraska, there's only one place to get the good stuff. Napa Auto Parts. 
JC's 4x4 has been Denver's premier Land Rover independent service facility since 2005. With all of today's latest off-road technology, JC's British and 4x4 is a Land Rover specialty shop. Not only do they service, but they will also outfit and restore your vehicle. The dedicated staff and attention to detail make JC's British your one-stop shop for your Land Rover or 4x4 adventures. JC's British and 4x4 is committed to quality and excellence, whether taking your kids to school or hitting the back roads for adventure. No matter what rover you own, from the newest Discovery and Range Rover to an older Defender or Series truck, we can help you maintain, repair, or modify your vehicle. When you're tired of paying dealer prices and only given limited options, call JC's British and 4x4 to service and customize your Land Rover or 4x4. Call JC's British and 4x4 right now at 720-586-4756. That's 720-586-4756. Or go to jcbritish.com. Make your life more convenient. You just found out that in order to install a new appliance in your home, you need a new electrical panel. Your current panel isn't safe or energy efficient, so it can't support the additional load. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air makes an inconvenient situation simpler. The live chat feature at AbsoluteFix.com stays active 24-7, 365, so you can schedule your estimate with a real human being at midnight on a Saturday. You get a two-hour time window for your appointment, so you don't need to wait around all day for a technician to arrive. 30 minutes before your appointment, you get a text message with a photo and a bio of your technician so you know who's coming into your home. Then, 15 minutes after they leave, you get a phone call asking how they could have provided an even better experience. Make your life easier. Schedule an estimate with Absolute Electrical Heating and Air at AbsoluteFix.com. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change BG. comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage and something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. All right, Kevin, by the way, with the uh, Grand Wagoneer, if you're still listening, Jeff and I actually did some research through the break there, and yes, that fuel gauge itself for that 86 Grand Wagoneer has the resistor built onto the back of the gauge, so most likely you just need to replace the fuel gauge. By the way, they're readily available at all sorts of places, Crown Automotive being one, but Jegs sells Crown. Looks like that gauge is about 30 35 bucks is all, so not a huge deal to do. You'll have to pull the cluster out to fix that, but that resistor is on the back of the gauge on that particular vehicle. David and Loveland, you're next. Hi, John. How are you doing? Good, sir. Um, I have a question about I had some bird stains on my truck, and my son mistook uh, a sponge as a scouring pad, uh. and he did some damage to the side of the truck, okay. like scratches, and I was just wondering, do you have advice on how to fix that, or sure. can I take it somewhere? No, you should be able to actually do this yourself. You can take it somewhere, of course, but you you shouldn't have to. What, what are we working on? What kind of truck? Uh, it's a Colorado okay. Chevy. 
This is going to sound funny, and you're going to laugh at me for telling you this, but go up to Novus Auto Glass in Fort Collins, buy their plastic okay. polish kit, which is a three-stage okay. process. That, if you d- use that correctly, believe it or not, will take those scratches out of the paint because th- they use that to do polishing of plastic and headlights and other things, and it's no different than what you would do on paint anyways. The nice thing about it is it's all in one kit. I don't have to go tell you what other products to buy. It's a three-step process. It's all there. They walk you through exactly what to do. Just follow it, and it'll fix it. Oh, will do. Are they open on the weekend? They are not, but they will be there Monday. Talk to Chris and his crew, and they'll take care of you. And they're on South Main in, in Fort Collins, or the south end of town in Fort Collins. Big blood drive, by the way, going what? on uh, Wednesday at Novus, uh, Novus Fort Collins. For those of you listening, head on up there and be a part of that. But that's next Wednesday also. Chris and the crew are doing that. Will do. Thank you so much. You're very welcome, David. Appreciate that very much. In fact, go by there Wednesday, give some blood at the same time, and They'll give you a nice little discount on buying your plastic polish kit. And and, a lot, and real quick, for everybody listening, you'd say, well, why would you use plastic polish on paint? Because technically, well, not technically, but theoretically, that, that paint and clear coat is very, very similar in compound in the way it works as to those plastics that you would have on, you know, plexiglass, headlamps, even the plastic on convertible tops and Jeeps and so on. It's very similar and takes a very similar type of product to do the polishing you need to get that restored and get those fine scratches out that have come from that scouring pad basically is what happened there. As long as you don't go through the clear coat, this will do it. Now, if there's still a few left when you're all done with that, you might need a little bit heavier compound, but I'm always a little leery, Jeff, of telling somebody to go. I'd rather go too light oh, yeah. and go back a little heavier than to start heavy and have other problems. Oh, yeah. So that's trying to, trying to undo <clears throat> things is always harder than doing it right the first time. But don't, I'll be honest <laughs> with you, folks. Those Novus kits, and look on the Internet, it is the best plastic polish kit um, that's made that's available period it works i've used it myself personal testimonial anything you've got plastic or even light scratches on paint takes it right out and it works fabulous craig and Wheatridge, you're next hey john um i was gonna make a suggestion you were talking kind of winter preparedness for tires last week yes um now is a good time to be looking at your car batteries very yeah, true very true yes i have a couple vehicles that you know, I couldn't recall offhand when the last time I had replaced them, and and I was noticing maybe a little bit of a weakness in, in starting. And, you know, going into the cold weather, I figured, well, I better check the date, took the, the battery cover off, and these batteries in each vehicle were uh, right at four years old. And rather than mess around with it, I went ahead and put uh, two new batteries in each vehicle because these, these batteries you buy at the auto parts stores are only warrantied for two to three years anyhow. So yep. they're definitely on their downhill side as far as, you know, and I do not want to have to replace a battery when it's freezing cold Shoot, outside. No. No. No one, I, I, Craig, I don't like to replace the battery on a nice warm summer day, nonetheless <laughs> doing it then. Yeah, dealing with dead batteries no, is probably one of the worst things any of us want exactly. to deal with. Because, you, you, of course, you're all, you know, I'm ready to go out to the truck, go somewhere, and you're hop in and, all right, great. Now I got to stop what I'm doing. I, I had that it. issue the other day on, uh, which I shouldn't admit this, but I didn't put a battery tender on one of my vehicles the other day, and I've been sitting for quite some time. So I go hop in it to move it and click. Yep. I go crap. Yeah. Yeah. There's not if, if, for everybody listening, even myself included. There's no worse feeling than that. No one no. wants that feeling. No. So you always want the battery to be up, running, ready to go. Yeah. And yes, Craig, you bring up a great point. So here's a question for Jeff. How do you do that and know that you're at a point where you need to be replacing that battery as we're heading into winter? What's a good indicator? 
honestly, there's really, I wouldn't say there is a good indicator. I would say you should get them tested every year no matter what. Because um, it's it's amazing how quickly a battery will go from sounding fine, yep. seems to start the car fine, to you walk out and click. Yep. Well, I'm with Jeff, and the other way really quick, too, and this is a little tougher to find sometimes, but all batteries are date-coded. Yes. And typically speaking, and I don't care what the warranty says, because warranty is, again, a marketing tool for most battery companies, Napa included. Typically speaking, if, you're at a, if you've got a battery and you're four to five years of age, you're according to the date one. code, replace it. Yep. You're there. Every new car, you're lucky if you get three years, honestly. Maybe three, four to five on a brand new car, because you, you, you'll get the most out of a brand new setup, because the whole car's new. Everything's working as good as it can. You get to, you know, cars 10 years down the road, 15 years down the road, and, you know, three years is probably about all you should really expect. Yeah, if you're, if you're, if, to your point, Craig, if you're getting over that, that, that age, I guess I should say, uh, yeah, you, you probably just need to go ahead and replace one. Typically, what do you know where most of these, uh, whether it be Napa or, uh, see now, Advanced Auto Parts sells the diehard brand that Sears used to sell. And do you know where these are manufactured? Uh, DECA makes all of all of all of. Uh, so DECA, which is a pen battery, Pennsylvania. Those are all what. Those are the supplier. I shouldn't say it. I'm using the wrong grammar. That is the current supplier of Napa batteries. Okay. Well, I I also you know you've been encouraging everybody to if you need something now get it because of supply chain shortages mm-hmm. and po- being a possibility down the road. So. I just, yeah, my batteries were at four years, and I'm like, I'm, I'm just not even gonna mess around. I mean, that's like you say, generally you don't get much more than that anyhow. Otherwise, you're just pushing your luck. Yeah, and and the the uh, the deck of batteries, and I can tell you this as a fleet operator, and I've said this before, Napa. I'm not stepping on their toes at all when I say this because they they were very much a part of what I was doing, you know, back in the day with some testing and so on. But you know, I would run Napa batteries back in the day when they were not made by Deca; they were made by Exide. And I will tell you that I could not, as a fleet operator, keep a battery in a plow truck more than about a year to 18 months. They'd all go bad at that point, I'm guessing because of the extra load, vibration, all the things that a plow truck does, which, by the way, is probably the most torture you could ever put a vehicle through is plowing snow with it. And literally, it is one of the most torturous things you can do. I couldn't get a battery to last longer than that. So then I went to DECA, which is actually the same company now that makes, you know, the same company that makes them for DECA makes the same battery for Napa. So whether you buy a a DECA or a Napa, you're getting that pen battery. And as a fleet operator, I'll tell you right now, it's the best battery I've ever owned, ever used. Well, imagine the feeling you, you said you don't like to go out and start your vehicle and just have it click and, and know that your battery's dead. Uh, all the people that buy electric cars, and if we overload the grid and everybody goes out to yep. get in their electric car and they have no electricity to charge their car, they are stuck at home. They are. Mm-hmm. You are correct. You are so. correct. Yep. Spot on, Craig. You're right on the money. Was it, was it someone on your show that did the math about how uh, if one-fourth of all of his neighborhood were to put an electric car in their driveway and, and the yes. uh, extra load it would put on the grid yes how it would there would be literally brownouts in the neighborhood because of it yes i, I had a caller call in and did the math on that that and i would say that by the way i think this particular person was being very conservative knowing how much they they draw you know if everybody's charging their cars at the same time you know in a particular neighborhood yeah you're what there's just there's not enough right now to handle that to to bills from arc electrics point earlier in in the you know fix it radio show there's enough capacity if we have brownouts 
Otherwise, no, there's not. Right, right. Well, sometime on your uh, Rush to Reason show, I understand Colorado Springs decommissioned or closed down one of their coal-burning power plants down there. Does anybody have any idea what uh, they plan on replacing that mm. electrical need with? That I have no idea of. I've, I've, I don't know. I know what you're talking about, and I just like up in Craig or Hayden, I should say, right up, you know, between Craig and Steamboat, doing they're going through the same thing, and I don't know that anybody has definitive plans yet. I don't know how they're going to replace the power either. Yeah, I mean, if the wind ain't blowing and the sun ain't shining, nope. There you go. We're going to find ourselves in the same in the same position that Texas was in if we're not careful here in Colorado. Right. So. Yeah. Okay. Craig, as always, thank you very much. And he brings up a great point, folks. Make sure that battery is in good working order as you head into winter. And, again, for the things that Jeff does at JC's British and 4x4 with a lot of the off-road stuff and so on, again, this not knocking other companies or shops that are out there, but when you get into all of the accessories and things he does with wenches and so on, they're going to understand that battery end of things, well, I'll just say it, better than most because of what you guys do on a daily basis because that's what you do. Yep. You're doing all sorts of electrical stuff daily. Yeah, yeah. Well, working on primarily Land Rover, it's electrical and diag yep. on almost every yep. car. So, And then on top of that, the other stuff that gets added in that's putting more stress on that as it well, is. you're doing that oh, also. Yeah. We've done a bunch of dual yep. battery installs that's to right. make sure that people have got backup systems yep. and solar. You know, A lot of the off-roader guys add solar panels right. to keep the secondary battery up and yep. power refrigerators in the cars when they're camping for days on end. So you're doing there's a, ton. a there's a there's a lot of different mentality yep. there. There is. All right, Arnie, hang tight. We'll come right back. Don't go anywhere. Drive radio KLZ five sixty. At Napa, we're always trying to make the great parts we sell even better. From the bacteria killing surface on our cabin air filters to our revolutionary new adaptive one brakes. And every Napa part is covered by a warranty good at any of our 6,000 Napa Auto Parts stores. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store, but we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. Go to NapaOnline.com for a location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. You listen to Drive Radio because you have a lot of questions about your car. You have questions about what kind of oil to use, what the best tires are, where to get the best parts. But have you ever asked what will happen to your car after you die? Did you know that if you don't have a will that specifically states what will happen, a probate judge will order your family to split your car evenly. And because you can't cut up a car into pieces, your family will be forced to sell it and just split the money. According to Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner, it is estimated that two out of three people don't have a proper will in place. And oftentimes, things like your favorite classic car are accidentally forgotten completely. Michael understands that the only way to be absolutely certain that all of your final wishes will be honored is to take a small amount of time to talk about it. 720-394-6887. 720-394-6887. Call Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner, right now to set up a free consultation and make absolutely sure that you don't leave anything to champ. Few things are life-changing. Your wedding day, the birth of a child, an oil change. Wait, what? Yes, an oil change can change your life if it comes with a peace of mind that if your engine, including the fuel system, fails, you're covered for life. The BG Performance Oil Change comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system. Find a shop near you at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. BG. Modern windshields help protect the occupants of your vehicle in the event of a collision, so quality counts. 
In today's vehicles, your windshield has become a structural component of your car. The glass requires a specific amount of pressure to keep your windshield from literally popping out during impact. Even the quality of the resin that glues your windshield to your frame can make a difference. Since they invented windshield repair in 1972, Novus Auto Glass has continued to perfect their technique. Unlike most of their competitors, Novus can repair cracks up to a foot long without sacrificing the integrity of your windshield. Industry-wide delays in the supply chain have forced manufacturers to limit the quantity of glass they sell to individual shops, so you may need to wait longer for a new windshield. The sooner you contact Novus Auto Glass, the better chance you have at saving money with a repair. Contact a Novus location near you at klzradio.com forward slash glass. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Yeah, Arnie has got a scary car. Arnie, what's going on? Well, I'll try to be really quick. I, I just jumped into you guys about 15 minutes ago. I heard something about the coal-fired plant in in Pueblo. Yes. Uh, we we are an IREA here, which is now called CORE, and it says right in here that uh, X, uh, IREA is suing XL, uh, breach a breach for breaches in its contractual obligations related to the operations and maintenance of the Comanche 3 uh, plant in Pueblo. Mm. Whatever. And okay. That, and that's all they said. So I don't, and so I you don't, don't, so know you don't you have any other info other than that about. at this point. I'm sorry. I don't know what you guys are talking about. But what, I, what I dialed up about was uh, scary car. Yes. It didn't scare me because I knew what was going on. This has been some years ago. There was a VW... A guy had a business. He he restored old VWs, okay. Beetles, out on North either North Sheridan or North Federal. That's I can't right. Remember who it was Federal, I believe. And he had a VW. It had the it was a later Beetle because it had the big rear window in it. Okay. And he took the body off and turned it around. Oh jeez. <laughs> Yeah, that would be scary. So he it looked like it was backing into you. It, it it was it was well done. That's but hilarious. That sucker went down the road backwards. That's hilarious. That you awesome. know what? I've actually I've not seen that exact car, but I've seen some others done that way. That's pretty funny, actually. Well, and I thought, you know, this isn't too smart because you're going to get somebody that it it it's got them so shook up. You That's know, hilarious. Crazy driving down the road, you know, when they. <laughs> You're going down like that. That, is hey, that was that was my scary day. That's hilarious, Arnie. No, appreciate that. That's good. Uh, Mike in Westminster, you're next, sir. Go ahead. Hey, John. How's it going? Good, sir. I put a backup camera in my truck. Okay. And I tapped the camera to the rever- uh, reverse lights. Mm-hmm. Now my turn signals are flaky on the left side. It's it's flashing like I have a, a light out. But it's working. What are you working on? Uh, an O2 Chevy Silverado. Uh, I wouldn't think that would be no. new enough to have any kind of feedback on that system. shouldn't be. I mean, those have got a body control module that's watching all of that, and sometimes extra resistance in those can cause issues. I mean, the, the quickest way to check that would be unhook the backup camera and see if it goes away. It does. 
then you've got a resistance problem probably. And in some of those, you could you could program around that. And don't ask me why they just didn't program the truck to begin with. But you you can this is all software driven. You can program around that, and make it work. I think a couple feet of wire and a switch will work just as fine. You can do that too. But um, <laughs> you know that's a deal with the Tech Two, which by the way, Josh up in Boulder, who has a Tech Two, could program that for you to work properly. Okay. But that's what that is, most likely. The body control module has got too much resistance in it, and it's, it's, it's causing an issue. So it's basically, because that's on the power wire to the reverse light, so it's measuring the resistance or basically the load on that circuit and somehow screwing with the lights on that side. You got it. Interesting. Yep. And, and Ram, you know, Ford didn't have as much issue that way, but Ram and uh, or Dodge and GM both did. And the, way, the reason I know that is, Back in those days, adding snow plows on with the additional lighting and things we had to do would sometimes trip and cause those same issues. I uh, used to plow as a kid back in the early 70s okay. on a mountain road, and it's like there's days I wish I had a plow mm-hmm. J- just to get around Westminster. Just to get them out of the way. <laughs> yes, I understand. Yes. Fully. <laughs> Fully understand, Mike. Have a good day. All right, man. Good one. You too, man. Appreciate it very much. And Bob and Littleton, you're next. Hello? Hello, Bob. Bob, yeah, thanks. Um, I was uh, looking online at police cars, uh, used police cars, and then uh, I see a warning that says, uh, be careful about buying a used police car because they idle the engine a lot, and the engine's got a lot more wear and tear than the mileage shows. Is there any way to equate how many hours uh, idling there is compared to how many miles a car would have. Oh, that's a tough one. I mean, I think I don't. I don't even want to go there because it's just so risky. But uh, well, and it, you know, it really depends. Um, so basically, they say multiply the hours by sixty, and that gives you the mileage. So if you've got, you know, let's say there's a thousand hours, well, that's going to be equal to about sixty thousand miles, roughly. Oh, okay. Okay, so you well, can kind of fa- you factor yeah. it that way. Now, I will tell you that there are some police cars worth owning. If you look at the vehicle and you can tell by a lot of these, honestly, appearance is everything. You can tell, it was it a one-officer-driven vehicle or was it multiples? You know, what's the car look like? What's the paint look like? You can pretty much tell by looking underneath it, you know, what was the maintenance like and how was that? And there are oh. some decent buys at times on police cars, but you, this is one of those things where I believe you have to be in person to see the car before you bid on it versus just doing a blind auction. Yeah, I see. Because a blind auction, yeah, you could end car. up with a hodgepodge. Yeah. Yeah, then that makes sense, a patrol car versus, let's say, a captain's car who just Exactly. Rolls out when he's needed. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and or where did the car come from? A small town where it's not getting driven a ton, or in some cases it might be getting driven all over the place because it's a, a county car, not a city car. You know, it's a sheriff's car or a state patrol car or, or, or. I mean, again, all of that comes down to where is it, who used it, what, you know, what's it coming out of, what governmental agencies it coming out of. Some police cars, by the way, are used in agencies that we wouldn't really think of as Police, for example, FBI and places like that, where it may not have the idling, or it may because they're on a surveillance, you know, deal. So uh, it really depends on the vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good deal. Thanks. Makes sense. You bet. No, thanks, Bob. And I've yeah. known some guys over the years that have bought some. You know, back when the when the uh, uh, 
Mustangs. The little five mm-hmm. Mustangs were yep. used in state patrols and so on, the Fox Body Mustangs. You know, those would go on auction. And, you know, there were some decent buys from state patrol on some of those old Fox Body, you know, oh, Mustangs. a lot of them. But you had to really be <laughs> aware of what you were buying. And a lot yeah. of what I just said, you had to really watch and pay attention to. And buying X city vehicles of any kind can either be a really good buy mm-hmm. or it can be an albatross. And I've bought some. I've gone to some of those auctions and I've bought some and I've gotten some really good buys and I've gotten some not so good of buys. Let's just say it that yep. way when it's all said and done. So, uh, again, it's one of those things where, uh, what's that old saying, Jeff? Buyer beware. Mm-hmm. Know what you're buying. So, well, all right, let's squeeze one more call in here before the top of the hour. Eric, I got a couple of minutes. Go for it, sir. Yeah, hey, guys. Hey, so, you know, John, actually, I had questioned you about this probably a year or so back. I was looking at buying a, a former police car and one of the things i found is the stuff that's on ebay you have to be careful of however there are companies that that's what they specialize in selling there's one in illinois and occasionally you get some because i almost bought one from them you get some really smoking good deals on tahos and uh, suburbans that are the ex-captain's car or mm-hmm. the battalion chief's car or something like that that might be five years old and only has like 30,000 miles on it. Right. And because, they, you know, because they weren't driven all that much, there was there was a, uh, uh, a Tahoe uh, Denali that I, look, uh, that I was looking at there that uh, I, I kicked myself for not having bought. It, it only had like 50,000 miles on it mm-hmm. and very low idle. Mm-hmm. And it had every bell and whistle, and I mean it was all leather, you know everything. It was fully loaded, and I inquired on it, and it was a former government, a U.S. government uh, diplomatic vehicle. Ah, okay, makes sense. It, 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 yeah, it had been used it, it, there in uh, I think it was either Illinois or Indiana. Um, it was U.S. government vehicle. Hmm. Okay. So good, good yeah, to know. There's, good to there's know. some good deals to be fine, yeah. but you got to be careful with no, it. No, yeah. you are you are 100 percent correct. I mean, I know somebody. I know somebody in Walsenburg who bought a 10 year old Charger that went through three different police departments. It's got almost 300 thousand miles on it. He's having a wrap put on it, and he says, "I'll just drive it till it falls apart." There you go. Cheap enough to do that. Eric, thanks. I got to run. Appreciate it very much. Great point. And this, again, as with any used car, and Jeff just attested to this, you know, you got to have it checked out. Buyer beware. If you can find the history on it and can even find some information, Carfax doesn't tell you everything, but that's a good starting point. So just go through. And bottom line, go to one of our, our uh, shops that sponsor this program. You can find them all on drive-radio.com. Do a used car inspection before you buy anything. That's hard to do on those auctions. That's the one thing about those yeah. that makes it tough is it's hard to do an inspection at an auction. It's just a you, you buy it, you own it sort of a thing. Yep. So, anyways, Jeff at JC's British and 4x4, give folks your phone number real quick. Yeah, so primary number, 720-227-9118. And uh, for the time being, down at 1631 West Hamilton Place in Englewood, Colorado. And hopefully soon down at 4747 South Santa Fe in Englewood, Colorado. Larry Unger answering phones for us today. Appreciate it very much. Charlie Grimes as well. Sportsman of Colorado is next, so stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments. Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com.
Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.